Denver Sports Station, oh. 104.3 The Fan presents okay. Matt Smith okay. Okay. and Kyle Reese. Oh. Yeah, there's a little different tone this morning. He said he kept receipts. He wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we were choking. And guess what? We keep receipts. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh? Who said I didn't believe oh, before? No, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote, man. I, I ran through that. I sifted through what all that. Yeah. What did I write? What did I write? Oh, no. Can I ask my question? Do you believe? In what? You don't believe. I don't believe. You didn't answer me. You don't believe. <laughs> Next question. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese on your Sunday morning at Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Well, 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 Mr. Reese. I don't know about you, but I'm tired today, man. I'm not feeling it too much, though. It's a good tire? It's a good tire. Yeah, it's a good tire. All right. You're partied out is what you are. You know, (laughs) while it may seem like that, I don't know if partied out is the right word. Um, I think it's just more emotionally spent, right? It's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Okay. When For- when Prime got hired, let's just start here. Okay. Let's just start here. When Prime got hired, I remember having the conversations with you on air and thinking to ourselves, like, hey, let's not even go here, okay? In fact, in fact, I remember being on one holiday. I think it was Christmas Eve, or maybe not. Maybe not. It was Thanksgiving. It was something like that. And I was in here with Justin and Dan Jacobs, and we came into the studio and we were talking about, hey, hey, I know that there's rumors here that, that Prime's going to get hired, but don't believe it. See, you can't have nice things. Let's not allow ourselves to actually go there and then open ourselves up to be heartbroken again. Fast forward to yesterday and the grand unveiling of the experiment down in Fort Worth. Now, I was down there. I flew home last night. What time did you get back? Uh, the flight landed, I want to say, around 8.30. Okay. But I almost didn't make it. I almost didn't make it. I was I'll, worried about that. I'll I'll, uh, I'll get into some of my travel shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, here a little yeah. bit later. But it was a mad dash to the airport, to say the least. But, but man, let's, let's just get into it, man. 45 to what 42. Colorado goes into Fort Worth on the on big noon kickoff on Fox in front of the entire country. Throughout the entire game on social media following along, everybody was tweeting about this. Celebrities, NFL dudes. I mean, anybody who's anybody was tweeting about the Colorado and TCU game yesterday as it was one of the premier games of week one. Now, t- tonight, they've got Florida State and LSU, which is a top 10 you know matchup, right? What, what better game was on yesterday? There wasn't. There wasn't. Urban Meyer was on the pregame. They brought out the all-star crew with Gus Johnson and Colorado's own Joe Klatt. I, I mean, they, they rolled out the red carpet, and it didn't disappoint at all. No, and the setup was awesome at Big Noon Kickoff. Right out there in front of Amon Carter Stadium at TCU, they had, oh gosh, they had all the horses out, the TCU, like equestrian club, walking into the stadium. You had to pass the women's rifle team, and, you know, it was just, wow. it's only in Texas, my friend, only in <laughs> Texas, my friend. Anyway, it was just a great setup. It was a really cool place. And I'll tell you this, before we get into the actual game itself, the one thing that I am extremely jealous of was their tailgate setup. 
Really? What a setup. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as far as the eye can see, you've got tents. They shut down all the streets. Everybody's out there in their purple, man, and they're having a great— It was kickoff. It was at 11. It's Texas football, man. But that's what it that is. Best. And that's what it is. And let's not forget who TCU is, right? TCU was in the national championship last year. So, oh, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were in it. You know, you could talk about how that game went. But this is Texas football at its finest, and this is a contender of a team that they were up against yesterday. In a real way. I mean, the national champion runner-up. Now, they lost a lot of pieces, right? They didn't bring back a lot of their main contributors, which we talked about last Sunday, and we talked about this week on The Fan. I was one of the only people that was on our airwaves saying, no, 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 you guys, this is going to be way closer than everybody thinks. This will be a game going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, you had guys on here like ZB. And don't don't worry. I already, I already sent Zach. I already sent Zach. Oh, yeah, too, I huh? got those receipts. I okay. told him because I tried to tell him for weeks. He's like, nah, I just, I'm going under three and a half. He goes, you know what he said to me? He goes, I'm hearing some things about that coaching staff. And I go, what, what, what could you possibly be hearing about that coaching staff? That coaching staff is great. I'm up there every day around those guys. I'll tell you if I don't believe in these dudes. Okay. I believe in them. I really do. That's not just lip service. That's not convenient after the fact. Is is this the same messaging that you've heard, you know, before and after the game? Of course it is. Of course it is. We were, And you were bullish, too, because we both understood the type of talent they had and the potential for a dynamic offense. Now, we didn't think it would come together that fast. Exactly. <laughs> it came together quick, fast, and in a hurry. Now, you said well, that was what I was going to say, is now we didn't think it was going to be this crisp in week one. Wow. But I did know that they would come out and look like they were ready to go. I did. Offensively, I, I did know that. Defensively, I didn't know what to expect, right? We talked about defense being the wild card of this team. But let's start with uh, the headlines, and then we'll get into breaking down this game more throughout the morning here. <sighs> Number two, Shadur Sanders, man. Um, two only in number. How do I want to start this? Yeah, two only in number. He's the truth. He's the real deal. And I knew that in the spring when we had a chance to see him, and I and I and I continued to see his development and maturity throughout the fall. He became more of a vocal leader. He's really bright. He's really really bright, man. He's he's a smart kid, which shouldn't surprise anybody. But his 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 football IQ popped off the page yesterday, didn't it? It did. Um. An outstanding performance. Obviously, we'll get to the numbers and all those things. I won't lie to you, man. I was nervous about him being able to transition from HBCU football to not only Division One FBS football, but to Pac-12 football. And if you've watched Pac-12 football over the last year, they played pretty good football last year. I was concerned about that. Um, we watched them in the spring quite a bit, and he didn't. Not confirm, right? But you, there were still questions for me. So, well, uh, it's tough I was to see, nervous. right? Yeah, you couldn't tell if it yeah. was going to translate or not. And um, I'm a believer now. Mm. I'll just say that. Well, I think I, 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 I let's clarify what you mean by you didn't know if it was going to translate. We knew the arm talent was there. We sure. knew he could make every throw. We knew he was extremely accurate. But how do you hold up against the defensive line against faster pass rushers? And this is something that Shador mentioned yesterday in the press conference. He said, look, the biggest difference between jumping up from playing FCS to FBS ball is the pass rushers are faster and stronger. So me trying to escape the pocket, I'm not going to have as much time. But that's about the biggest difference. And and I actually agree with him there. I think that is probably the biggest difference, is that you're just dealing with bigger, stronger, faster dudes. 
but it's still football. That's and football is football. And it is a big difference. That's a big difference. And it is a big difference. And it's certainly enough of a reason to give you pause, right? Because, like you said, we haven't seen it yet. We don't know what it's going to look like. But yesterday, man, I got to give so much credit to Sean Lewis. And if you don't know who that is, that is CU's new offensive coordinator this season. He was the head coach at Kent State for the last few years, running their hyper-tempo offense. And if you've been listening to this show, you know all about it, right? They're trying to go fast. And I thought, from a tempo standpoint, what a great start. I mean, to come out of fall camp and to look the way you did, Sean Lewis had to be over the moon about how well they executed. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, because um, I caught half the game on TV, half the game on radio. Sean Lewis. Which half? The second half, unfortunately. Oh, I went man. back. You I went, went back. back. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, Sean Lewis cooks the meal. Dion buys the groceries. Mm. And he deserves a ton of credit. And, and listen, the whole staff deserves a ton of credit. Entire because, staff. Because they, they have done a fantastic job. And what they did yesterday my concern going into that game is I knew they wanted to play with tempo. Tempo in the Texas heat. And you can tell us about how it felt down there being on site. Tempo in the Texas heat. Oh, man, if you're not moving the ball, you're serving yourself up to the wolves. And they just they played their game. They didn't buy into anything that was going on around them. I thought Sean Lewis des- deserves a-, a ton of credit for that win yesterday. And I'm glad you mentioned him. Well, you just brought it up, right? They needed to start early. And I was on with James and DMAC on Friday. They had me on the drive, and they said, you know, with this heat into the fourth quarter where you're going to have the apex of the heat throughout the day. High noon, baby. Right? Right? As you made it to the third, the fourth quarter was going to start to become the hottest that it was all day. That's why you had to start early. The other reason you had to start early is you needed some confidence. If you go out there, go three and out, three and out, three and out, oh, boy, and your defense starting to get gashed, here we go again. Same old buffs. But that's not what happened, man. That's just not what happened. They were ready to go and dialed in from Jump Street. And just tons of credit have to go to that coaching staff for not blinking, for not being intimidated by that environment. And, of course, you say Deion Sanders, he's not going to be intimidated by that environment. But it's throughout the rest of the coaching staff, right, because this was – and still is college football's grand experiment. We've never seen roster turnover like this. We haven't. And some of the guys that um, we thought were going to play a huge role, it's amazing because we mentioned so many names between now and and last December, and there were some guys that we hadn't mentioned step up. There were some guys that we had mentioned that didn't step up. So it's just it's still really uh, an experiment that's still going on and taking place, and, and we haven't seen the full picture of this thing yet. That's the exciting part about it. We're going to get into that because people that are really starting to jump on the bandwagon now don't understand that this team still has more talent coming this season. Sure. It's not next year. They still have some dudes that are banged up, and they're going to play this year. What if I told you that the offense that put up what was it, 565 yards of total offense yesterday? What if I told you that that offense next week was about to get a Ferrari in the backfield? What if I told you that? What if I told you they were about to add a kid who runs like Adrian Peterson? And I'm not kidding. Yeah. Alton McCaskill, the transfer from Houston, did not play yesterday. He will play against Nebraska, Okay. This kid, as a true freshman at Houston, could have gone anywhere he wanted to, had offers to Alabama, had offers to anywhere. He had 19 touchdowns his true freshman season. In contrast, CU had 21 touchdowns total (laughs) all of last year. 
Okay? Oh, man. This kid is a freak. When they add him, now he's coming off the ACL that he popped last year in training camp at Houston. So I don't anticipate him to be 100% right out of the chute. But from what we've seen in practice here lately, holy cow. What you saw yesterday, you don't need him to be. Holy right? cow. He's be a complimentary guy. He's eventually going to be the guy. Holy right? cow. And we'll get there, and we'll get there, certainly. But let's talk about the guys who did play yesterday. One of the names that we mentioned consistently throughout this preseason was freshman, true freshman running back Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards. Tell the whole story, Matt. 5'8", about 170 pounds, played at Derby in Kansas. Now, this is a powerhouse high school football team. They win state titles. They're constantly competing. And he was originally committed to go play for Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. When Prime got the job, he flipped Dylan Edwards. One of the first flips. Yeah. And when he came in, we said, look, who is this 5'8"? And then he started making plays in spring ball. And we said, oh, gosh. Oh boy, like they might they might really have something here. Then we got to know him and we got to meet him and talk to him and his maturity was just off the charts for a kid who should have been a second semester senior in high school. Yeah, so spring enrollee, I would say he's a true four three kid in terms of speed. Flat out. Yeah. It, it's pretty amazing. And you saw it on his high school tape. You, but his high school tapes, it's like, okay. Right. What, all what, what can kids, I see off a huddle? <laughs> there's not a kid up there that doesn't have an amazing high school tape. Right. Uh but you're right. He did make a ton of plays in the spring. And he ran between the tackles, which was surprising because for a kid that small, that young, to come in and be that tough. And then, uh, obviously, the talent was on full display yesterday. He scored four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Dylan threw out in all his of college debut. Premier. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know Let what? Let that soak in for a second. You want to know something? When I got to my hotel on Thursday night, First of all, it was just an absolute gong show getting in. All right, and I'll get into the story here a little bit later this morning. I get get up to my hotel room, and the numbers, 333, 333. I instantly texted my buddy, and I posted it on Twitter, at Real Matt Smith. I said, Dylan Edwards, three touchdowns, question mark? Nope. Dylan Edwards, four touchdowns. Wrong. Wrong. He was doing this every single day in fall camp. So much so, Kyle, to the point where it had us behind the scenes, the guys who were covering the team up there going, all right, like, the bus is, it, is it yeah. Edwards or is it their run defense? Now, I think we learned yes. yesterday that, <laughs> yeah, the, answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. The answer is yes. But this kid is the real deal, man. Flat out. The way they used him yesterday I thought was brilliant as a receiver out of the backfield. And like you said, running between the tackles. He can do it all. On the 75-yard touchdown to open the second half, the juke, he first of all, it's just a little screen, right? It's just a little screen, but he outruns his blockers. He outruns his linemen. He has to readjust, juke back in, and then he makes like four different guys miss on his way to the house. And then outruns kids from Texas. Bro, that's talent. <laughs> it's talent. It's amazing. It's flat-out talent. Yeah. We'll get back into Dylan a little bit, but as advertised, I cannot wait to see what he does throughout the rest of the year. And when he when he is able to be spelled by Alton McCaskill, holy cow. I, I And I say this, and, and people are like, ah, I, you know what I laugh at? I laugh at the fact that the few weeks leading up to this, the reaction I got when I spoke about the buffs on the airwaves was, ah, look at this fanboy. You know, ah, Matt, you're a homer, black and gold glasses. I got a, I got a ton of it. I got a ton of it. I saw it on the text line. I saw it on social. I, none of that. I'm not that guy. 
Like, if, if, if you've listened to us for a while, you should know that's not who I am. I'm not going to lie to you. I would never, never come out and sell a team like that if I didn't believe in them. And, Kyle, we believed in the talent, but putting it all together and the cohesion. I heard somebody yesterday in a reaction podcast say, and I'll, and I'll have to look him up to give him credit, but he said it's a coaching masterclass by Coach Prime. Basically, which is the amazing part for me, because that was a question mark for me, because I, I I have absolutely said this is big boy football. And like it or not, Sonny Dice can coach football and he's going to go up against a bunch of other coaches this year. And I thought that was going to be one of the most difficult obstacles that they were going to have to face is just the quality of the coaching. Uh, and they answered the call yesterday. So you had a true freshman running back play like a member of the first team all pack 12, right? You had, you, had a, you had a true freshman running back at 5'7", 170 pounds, play like an NFL draft pick, okay? <laughs> you had your quarterback play like a top-five pick yesterday. Shador was 37 of 48 for a school record 510 yards and four touchdowns. Get with, to the good part, man. Get to with the good a part. quarterback yeah. rating of 200.1. Just, just, just think about that yeah. for a second, folks. Yeah, a quarterback rating of two hundred point one, and he was cool as a cucumber. Too. Man, he didn't blink. He, he just, he didn't blink. Play he after met, play, just he took a shot. He came right back with one of his own haymaker after haymaker. He hung in there. The poise was was incredible to watch. This kid's just, he's cool hand Luke. You know I'm smiling. Why? Because you haven't got to the best part yet. Yeah, I know. It's get, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So you've got a quarterback that played like a top-five pick. You've got a true freshman running back that played like he's an NFL dude. Okay, this is just offensively. And we haven't even gotten to the receivers. Travis Hunter comes into Colorado, follows Coach Prime. He is the number one overall recruit from the 2021 class. Right. That Coach Prime got to Jackson State. He flipped from Florida State and he brought him to an HBCU, the first five-star to ever commit to an HBCU. And last year, Travis started to really pop off the page, right? Like, as the season progressed for Jackson State, they started to use him more and more and more offensively to the right. point where in the Celebration Bowl to end their season last year where they ended up losing, it was all Travis and Shadour. It was like Jokic and Murray, two-man game, basically, the entire fourth quarter between Travis and Shadour. And the rest of that Jackson State team had some talent. But when I saw that chemistry develop, I said, oh, boy, there's something really, really special here. And you were able to see what Travis was, was able to do on both sides of the ball. You're like, okay, that's super impressive. But as we mentioned, let's see if you can do it at this level. Right. Right. Well, throughout camp, uh, he left no doubt. I, I had no question in my mind. If there was one thing I was certain of yesterday, it was that Travis would back up everything that we'd seen. He is a freak of nature. He is one of those athletes, Kyle, that, that when you see it, you know it. Does that make sense? When you see it, you go, oh, he's got it. Well, that dude has it. It, it. it makes sense because, especially for me, because I have some historical reference to put it up against. And I am not going to be shy about drawing this comparison. He is Charles Woodson 2.0. 2.0. New and improved. You remember we talked about that last week? We talked about that last Sunday. Ty, I'm sure Ty remembers. We were talking about Travis Hunter. So and, you said, and you said he's going to have the Charles Woodson role. And I was laughing when you said it because, gosh, 
I wonder if people out there really realize what Kyle said. You know, I was thinking to myself, when you mentioned that last Sunday about he's going to have the Charles Woodson role, I wonder if people listening to our show right now understand what that means. Well, for one, let's let's put it in this category. He's the last defensive player to win the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But he also starred on offense as well. Mm-hmm. But he was a very situational. He's a change of pace guy. He, he made a ton of plays, but he didn't start on he's offense. He's not your number one receiver. He wasn't. He, was, <laughs> he, he absolutely could have been. Yeah. Absolutely could have, but he wasn't, right? And, and so we haven't seen, using that, using that reference, we haven't seen anything like what Travis Hunter did yesterday. I want to read you something that I sent out the night before the game. And it's going to take me a second to find it here, but it's worth it. The night before the game, people were asking me, well, how do you think that Travis, Travis is going to be used on offense? Somebody hit me up because they were playing DraftKings Daily Fantasy where you can pick, <laughs> you know, you can pick your lineup. And they said, well, Travis isn't, you know, Travis isn't listed at a wide receiver. And I said, well, that's wrong. And they said, well, well, DraftKings is telling us that, that he's primarily a corner. I said, that's wrong. That's a lie. Because Travis is their number one receiver. He's their number one everything. I, here, here's what I said. Here's what I said the night before the game. I said, we haven't seen many guys who could actually handle the workload. CU has one of the rare gems, and he's gotten a ton better this offseason. At least all third downs and in the red zone on offense. Legit number one at both spots. He's special. Okay, that's what I said. And the reason I said that is because I've never seen a kid who could do this. You know, I wasn't around Charles Woodson, right? But throughout my, what is this now? Year 11 of actually being on the beat and, like, covering college football, right? I, I started, I want to say, 2011, right? But I've been following, been a college football fan my whole life. I've never seen anybody that could sniff this. He played over, what was it, 117, 120 snaps yesterday. What he did, first of all, let's start defensively, okay? Going up against some really talented receivers. TCU had a couple of Alabama transfers. They had a kid in from Minnesota as a grad transfer. I, I really like his game. But what Travis did yesterday, first of all, he saved the game for them in a real way. Yeah. In a real way. In the, in the second half, TCU's driving, right? TCU's driving. A drive that started on the one-yard line, I right. Well, and it was a 75-yard run from Josh Bailey. And that was when TCU started to really start to hit those chunk plays on the ground, the big gainers. They make it all the way down to the red zone. CU's playing zone coverage. TCU tried to run the same exact play where you've got two receivers to one side. You clear them out, right, with maybe two slants, and you bring the tailback behind them with a little swing pass, so you vacate that space, and he should be wide open one-on-one with the linebacker, right, if you throw that ball to the pylon. It's the same thing. It's the same exact way Dylan Edwards scored his first touchdown. That's what TCU tried to do. Travis, after the game, said that he recognized the play because it was something that they ran. They were in zone coverage. He recognized the play because it was in, not in TCU's playbook. It's not like he saw it on film from TCU. He saw it on film from CU. Right. Broke down what he was supposed to do, his assignment, left his assignment, jumped the route, it was maybe the most impressive play of the day. In a day that had so many unbelievable plays, that was so exciting, had big kick returns, huge completions, for him to jump that route and just yoink, steal that ball away, man, that was an unbelievable interception. My, draw, my jaw 
in the press box on the floor because I was it was right in front of me. I can't I couldn't believe he grabbed it, man. It, it was an amazing play. Put it in context, though, right? This is the third quarter he made that play in. This is the third quarter. Third quarter. He's played probably 70 or 80 snaps at this point, right? The the physical fatigue in the Texas sun and then still have the mental awareness to make what I would call, golly, I keep calling up these Hall of Famers, to make an Ed Reed-type play because Ed Reed had the liberty in his secondary to go off script and make plays like that. And so... Right. When they don't work, it's Travis Hunter blew it. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it does, it's the most amazing play because it took a mental and physical capability that very few players are capable of. His football IQ is just off the off the charts. And then and then how about the third and 16? CU has a couple of horrible penalties. TCU has the lead at this stage. Shador down the seam to, to Travis Hunter one on one for 43 yards. And he's just I mean. The defender is just draped all over him. No call. Oh, we got to get in the refs, by the way. But a no call, he goes up and catches a jump ball in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Like, it was, you know, I mean, what what did he finish with yesterday on offense? Travis finished with 11 touches, uh, 14 targets, uh, 119 targets. 16 targets on my stat broadcast here. I got the TCU. Yeah, I got the TCU stats here. 11 catches, 119 yards, not a touchdown, but 16 targets. And that's not to mention what he did defensively, and I'll have to look up the snaps for that. I believe it was 117 with an interception, but he should have had another interception, okay? He dropped a touchdown on the second drive of the game, which was maybe the prettiest throw of the day from Shadur Sanders. I don't know. That one to Weaver was pretty nice, too. Right. And so it was the one to Jimmy Horn that went right off of Jimmy's hands. So Travis had two drops on offense. One would have been a touchdown. He had another touchdown taken away because of review, which I don't know if I agreed with that one, by the way, over an All-American, over another All-American in Josh Newton. Mm -hmm. And then he had another, like, 40-yard play that he dropped. So you're looking at a situation where if Travis makes a catch on the second drive of the game, if he catches the other one, you remember what I'm talking about? It was first half. It was like a, a 30 to 40 yard completion. He's near the sideline, like full extension. It just goes off. Yeah, the goes off his fingertips. It, was, it would have been tough. It would have been tough, but he's more than capable of making the play. He catches that. He catches the touchdown. Jimmy Horn catches the one that that just hits right off his hand. Shador would have had over 650 yards passing yesterday. So you weren't able to see this part of it. So when Prime goes into the locker room at halftime. See, this is the part you're going to love, right? Wait, 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 wait. Save it. Let's hit it on Save the it. other side. Okay. Let's hit it on the other side. Matt Smith and Kyle Reese in on your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3. The fan, chime in on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. We'll do our best to get to all your questions here coming up throughout the show. Don't go anywhere. Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese. I met you. I drink too much and that's an issue, but I'm okay. Second down and 10. Sanders, here's a little screen. And they find Edwards. He breaks it back with running room on the ball. Edwards down the sideline. Start the second half. We told you to come. You thought we were shirtless. And guess what? We keep receipts. 
You can't tell me anything today. <laughs> hey, man, if you know a CU fan and you're not a CU fan, just shut up and take it. Just shut up and take it because CU fans deserve this, man. This has been, this has been. It's been a long time coming. Oh, man. And it doesn't happen. Darkness has been lifted. <laughs> and it doesn't happen without the influence of one man, the impact of one man. I was pretty amazed. I had to sit back and think about it. Like, the prime effect is real. <laughs> it's real from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's real from a motivational standpoint. Those kids believe. They're not shy about it. No. And uh, and it's going to rub a lot of people wrong. But as long as they play like that, it don't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's what the conversation was this week. We had heard Aaron Andrews on the broadcast of Saints and Texans, the preseason game last week, talking about, you know, Prime told me that there's going to be gold like you've never seen before, and they're coming out in shades and I sat there and I went, wait, wait, are you telling me that they're coming onto the field in shades? Did they actually end up making their way out onto the field in sunglasses? I don't think they did. I don't, I don't think so. I know Erin Andrews has some shades on. <laughs> in her pregame, she, she Yeah, I think the they might have all gotten shades and maybe they were wearing them on the bus, but I was really concerned, to be honest, that they were going to come out in the field in shades and I was going, oh boy, now you're asking for it. Yeah, you, you haven't seen this type of swag since Miami in the in the 90s and maybe even in the 2000s a little bit. Uh, and it's again, it's going to rub a lot of people. I, I would even say for myself as a coach, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Buddy, it made – how many hosts on our station did it make uncomfortable? Chad Brown, who I love, okay, who's a CU Hall of Famer, right? Three, you know, NFL All the whole stardom. Night. Yeah, the whole night. Chad. I love yeah. Chad. Yeah. It ru- Chad every, Brown. Everything rubbed Chad the wrong way. The social media handles everything they were doing. I said, why does it matter as long as they win? Well, well, as long as they win. There's the caveat, right? As long as they compete. Because if they had went and laid an egg yesterday, guess who's going to be on this airwave uh, on Tuesday? Right. Going to town with them. Right. Everybody. Zach, Chad, yeah. right? All the naysayers. D-Mac, oh, well, it was cute. You know, we loved the prime hype. No, it wasn't hype. This is real. And this is not And this is not the town for it either. Right. Right. That's not Boulder. Mm-mm. Right? No. And so it's so atypical of everything that happens there. And I'm not, I'm not saying that. Uh, there hasn't been elite athletics there, and, and there hasn't been a rich tradition there, but it's just never been in your face like this. Even even for the halftime show or, or the halftime interview yesterday, you never heard a CU Buffalo coach talk like that, right? Ty, Ty cut it up for us. You have halftime? Yeah, go ahead. If you have halftime, you can pull it up. You got it? Yeah. All right, go ahead. He is him. We missed him on two deep balls. He get those two deep balls. The husband is at his crib chilling right now. God bless. And he's talking about Travis Hunter. And I actually just got a text from Cepho. Uh, I was talking to Cepho nice. the last, you know, I don't know, 12 hours or, or, or so since the game. And I've been talking to Cepho, you know, throughout the offseason. I'm like, hey, man, trust me. This is this is for real. Like, you, you're going to want to watch. Even you're having to convince him, though. Right. 100%. 100%. Because everybody's apathy had reached an entire new level. True. Right? And, and cynicism is a mother, man. It, it, it really has set in, right? And he, and he said to me throughout the offseason, there's no way Travis can play both ways and do it well. And I said, I'm telling you, I've never seen anybody before. I've never met anyone, Kyle, and I mean this. 
I've never met anyone that could actually handle the workload. And I don't know that people really understand what that means. You want to help maybe explain why it's such a daunting task to play both sides of the ball? Well, for me, it starts at the cornerback position because there's nothing natural that cornerbacks do. No one runs fast backwards, right? So be able to do that. For one, jumping from the FCS to FBS, covering better plays. Remember, TCU had a first-round draft pick that played wide receiver last year. They're not. Quinn Johnson. This is this is not something that is foreign to them, right? So to be able to cover guys of that caliber on the defensive side and then come back and have, you said, 16 targets, 11, to 11 catches, 119, 119 yards. yards, and these were contested catches, Matt. He made plays against guys. You're talking about Newton being a potential first-round draft pick. Preseason so, All-American. There, first team. There's no I, – I guess there is a bigger stage, kind of, right? But to be able to do it in the Texas heat, 100-plus snaps. Man. Um, I, I, now, I'm a little worried about being able to do it for – A season? Yeah. A season. So there was uh... – there was some reaction on social last night. Well, look at this guy. Look at him in the post game. You know, in the locker room, he doesn't even look tired. No, he was tired. No, 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 he was tired. Sure. And Travis has missed a couple of days of practice heading into this game. I think throughout, I want to say maybe the last two weeks or so, he's been dealing with leg tightness. He's had to get a lot of extra treatment. Okay. <laughs> and he's been hobbling around just a little bit. When he came into the press conference yesterday, he was it was it was a limp. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, he was fine. He'll eat this for breakfast to keep doing it. No, no, no. The workload throughout the rest of the season is going to have to be managed a little bit better than it was yesterday. But all that mattered is they got the win yesterday. That They had to win. If he had to play every single snap, he would have. Yeah, look, the facilities are fine. (laughs) They'll, they'll, They'll get him taken care of. And it was something that was a red flag for me in the spring. Uh, I, I noticed, he, well, he did that in the spring, in practice. He, he, by the way, you're right. He does this in practice. Plays both sides. Every day. All day, every day. And in the spring, I know. And dominates, by the way, right? Yeah. It, 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 so after practice, that you know, you, you do your conditioning. And he was coming in last on the conditioning. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, I don't know if you want that out of the number one recruit in the nation. But now I understand. Mm-hmm. He's tired. Right. And guess what? He earned the right to Cadillac those sprints, and you usually don't say that about a college kid. You know what he was doing this week? And I had three different people text me after watching Well Off Media's videos. They said, why is Travis not practicing, and why is he taking reps at quarterback? They had him taking reps at quarterback this week while it was supposed to be an off day. And And even I, and even I watched that, and I was like, okay. Like, maybe we're... You know, he was in there with the backup quarterbacks. They were running, you know, just routes on air to receivers, getting them reps, and he was throwing it. And let me tell you something, every ball was on the he money. Every too. ball was he on the money. do that, too. <laughs> every ball was on the money. But uh, it was also one of those things where it's like, hey, man, you know, you're, you're not supposed to be practicing today. Why the hell do they have you throwing balls? They shouldn't have you throwing balls yeah. in real practice. But it, it, he loves football. The rules don't apply. That's all I have to say. Like, if you have to turn your head and turn your cheek – to maybe overlook some of these flaws, you're going to have to. You're going to have to because, like you mentioned, we haven't seen this type of swag, this type of brash attitude out of a college football team since the U, my opinion. I think you, you hit it spot on. I mean, maybe you could find a one-off here or there, but, but here's the difference. The U had earned it. The U had earned the right to be that way. Right. See, you hadn't earned 
Jack one Scott. in eleven. <laughs> Not a thing. One in eleven. And but see, but that's your pessimism, right? And rightfully so, by the way. Everyone's like, man, stop, just chill, man. Like, like mm-hmm. stop talking. Mm-hmm. Stop. Did you see last year? <laughs> stop. Hey, man. See the last twenty years. The better. We don't want to draw any attention to ourselves. But, and Dion said, bring it all. Coach Prime said, bring all the attention. Yeah, and I got that yeah. about halfway through camp. I said, okay, they're just going to talk. They're going to come out, and they're just going to puff their chest out. And everyone around here, I think, was a little timid because that's what Russell Wilson did when he showed up to Denver. We've seen this show before, right? There's a difference. Yeah. And and so. Prime ate Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell I'm, Wilson ate Prime. <laughs> I'm watching the first half of the house, and there's Prime on the sideline. Then when you go to commercial, there's prime on commercial. And then when you come back, it's prime, it's prime, it's prime, it's prime. And I I, I wasn't prepared for that. Mm. I was, it's, it's a lot of it. It's in your face, and you're going to like it. And I'm learning to like it a little bit. Some of it is without reason or understanding mm. or intelligence of the matter. My feeling and my thought and my understanding is I got to get it right now. Let's go get it now. What will it look like moving forward? Because it won't look like this. <laughs> it better not right. because that means we missed. That means we didn't assess talent properly. We've missed on a few young men that we brought in with us, but they forgot to point it out that we got rid of them too because we missed. Mm-hmm. We're wrong. You Sometimes you got to say, okay, I'm wrong. Okay, we missed. And let's go get it right. So now, when we talk about smart, tough, fast, discipline with character, we mean that. We don't need two out of five. This ain't baseball. That's what we brought into the house. So if we didn't see that, we opened the doors of the church. <laughs> Guess what no one's talking about? All the kids that left. This is Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan. This is about us. When we started this journey, we told you it was going to be trying. It was going to be tough. But you endured because it's about us. That man next to you is a miracle. That man next to you is a believer. That man next to you is a go-getter. That man next to you is a dog. That man next to you is somebody who won't this day. That man next to you is somebody who believes. That man next to you is somebody that gots to have it today. We ain't got tomorrow. We got now. We ain't got next. We got now. We ain't coming no more. That was a pregame speech yesterday. Fired me. That fired me up sitting here in the studio. I don't know about you, but I'm fired up listening to that, man. No, it is inspiring. Uh, It's. I want to talk about Prime for a minute. Golly. 
Thanks for tuning in, Matt Smith and Kyle Reese, and your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station 104.3, the fan, Ty Fuji behind the glass. Make sure that you're chiming in on the RamosLaw.com text line, 303-713-1043. If you miss any part of today's show, you can always go back after the fact and listen on the Fan Weekends podcast that's available on denversports.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about Prime. Let's talk about Prime. So you brought up the halftime where he's talking about Travis Hunter missing a few plays. Otherwise, the Heisman would have been chilling in the fridge at home. And, you know, we hear the pregame speech. And he's been a little adversarial with the media throughout this entire process, right? If you hadn't believed in him, he definitely called you out, which is an awkward spot for a media member to be in because your job is to be objective. Your job is to analyze things as a journalist. You're not supposed to be a cheerleader. So it puts people in a bit of an awkward spot sometimes, especially the national guys who have so much exposure. So Ed Werder, we all know Ed Werder, right? Ed Werder lives in Colorado. Ed Werder covered the Dallas Cowboys for ESPN for years and years and years. If you're a sports fan, there's a pretty good chance you know Ed Werder. Apparently, Prime took exception with something that Ed Werder had to had to say in his piece, and I didn't read his article before the game. I do know that ESPN had him covering Sonny Dyke's side of the story for a little context, but Prime walked into the post-game presser, and the first thing I said was, congratulations, coach, and he looked at me and he goes, they ain't talking now, are they? Uh-huh. They ain't talking now, are they? And so then he sat down, and this was his exchange with Ed Werder. Ed Werder began to ask him a question. What's up, boss? You believe now? Of all the you, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, oh no. Do you believe in that? Huh? Who said I didn't believe oh, before? Oh, no, no, no. I ran through that bull junk you wrote. Now. I, I ran through that. I sifted what, through what all that. What did I write? Yeah. What did I write? Oh, no. Come Can on. I ask my question? Do you believe? In what? You don't believe. I do believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. <laughs> Next question. It was definitely awkward, okay? It was a very crowded setup yesterday in the tunnel down there at Amon Carter Stadium. He's going to be like this all year. He's going to be like this because that's who he is. Ballsies. I want to see, and I'm not wishing a loss upon him, but I, I want to see if that remains consistent. In my heart, I believe it will uh, because that's who he is. And this is not the first time. Like, Let's flash back, what is this, almost 30 years ago. Yeah, 30 years ago now with Tim McCarver, right, in the mm. baseball incident. Right, right, right. So this is, this is who he is. He has been consistent. You can expect this. And you're right, it is a really tough position to be in because you're not supposed to be a cheerleader. And when you see red flags, you're supposed to say something about them, right? And just like you would say it to anybody else, or just like he would say if he was in the broadcast media. Oh, I'm sorry, he was in the broadcast media, and he did say things about the red flags that he saw in programs. So now that he's on this side of the coin, look, he's very masterful at motivating his guys. Right. And that's all this is. Mm -hmm. He is taking whatever he can and injecting it into his team as motivation. And guess what? His guys are rising to the challenge and you can't blame him for that. So, you know, none of this is an accident. None of it. None None of it. it. I'm not not mad at him. I get it. I'm really glad you brought that up because that's exactly what it is. It's motivation. The best. And I think back to the last dance where Michael Jordan talked about how he had to manufacture motivation. That's what this is. Prime is creating an us-against-the-world mentality. No one believed in us. No one thought we could do this. They're all coming after us because they don't like the way we're doing things. Whether or not it's true, necessarily. Some of it is. Some of it is. 
But the more he can manipulate that into a motivational factor for this team, he's going to juice that orange for all the all it's worth. And guess what? It'll be something new every week. Every week. Because there's plenty of there's going to be people that hate it, especially if it's successful. He went as far to say as, hey, you guys don't like me being a black man up here saying this. He took it there. Buddy, he said that a bunch of times. Yeah. He said that a bunch of times. He said that we're going to continue to be doubted because we're going to continue to do things that have never been done before. You know that CU didn't have a captain on the field yesterday? They got leaders, right? And? Shadur. <laughs> they have L and D. John Simmer, producer for the morning show and the Players Club, hits me up during the game. He goes, why, why did Travis and Shadur have L and D on their jerseys where captains should be? And I just responded to him, well, I, I imagine that's leaders and dogs. Like, I, I don't know what else it would be. And then come to find out 15 minutes later, it's leaders and dogs. Yeah. So instead of captains, you either have an L or a D, or you have L and a D because you're a leader and a dog. It's super unconventional. And guess what? Don't try this at home. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't try this at home. No. There is only one Coach Prime. No. No, this is not. This is. Uh, this is. I want to see a whole bunch of high school coaches with yeah. L's on their on their uh, helmets next. This is going to be a situation where moving <laughs> forward, it's going to be often imitated, never duplicated. Yeah. Right? People will steal from Prime. We've already seen some coaches. Matt Rule at Nebraska, by the way. You're next. By the way, <laughs> and, and guess what? And, by the way, and when he said I got receipts, guess who he was talking to? Oh, by the way, yeah. they gave me my theme music. You come in Nebraska. Welcome to Boulder. Oh, man. Did you see Nebraska play Minnesota the other night? I see him. I saw him blow it. And look, and, and, and what Matt was the Rule. score of that game, man? 13-10? Did it finish up? Yeah, is it 17-13, 13-10, something, like something like that? 13-10? Yeah. 13-10. Barn burner. <laughs> man, they and, looked awful. But, okay. I can't wait. I don't know if I'll go there. But oh, you should. PJ Fleck is another unconventional coach. Sure, that, that rubs people wrong, and he's getting. The, he's never going to win a national championship in Minnesota, mm-hmm. but he's getting the best out of those kids, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. You haven't. This is like PJ Fleck to the nth degree. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It, it, this is. It, there's you no can't comparison. even compare. There's you can't no even compare. compare. But it's just you know a, another guy who's doing it his way. I want to get into the game, the actual game, because this was an old-fashioned college football shootout, right? This was. If there's a better game this season, I can't wait to watch it. That's a high bar for game of the year to be to be met. I don't. I'm not exactly sure. It's a great way to christen the, the college football season, wasn't it? Though great way. What was so wild was being on you know social media throughout the game. Everybody, everybody was talking about this game. It was the main event yesterday, and for Colorado to be back in the spotlight, man. For everyone who criticized the hire, you know, for those of you that did, for those of you that said, ah, it's Dion, they're just throwing money at it, they'll never be any good, this is why you go all in. And I saw Rick George's embrace with Prime on the field yesterday. That that was the embrace of a man who knew this had to work, okay? Because <laughs> we both out of here if it doesn't. Oh, for sure. And look, on Friday, Brett Yormark, who's the commissioner of the Big 12, along with the president of TCU and their athletic director, along with Phil DeStefano, the chancellor of CU, and Rick George, their athletic director, met with the media to welcome the buffs to the Big 12. And Rick... You could tell, for those of us who'd been around the program... It's heavy. 
Yeah, it's heavy, but it's also like, don't you remember me telling you last week that sometimes it feels fraudulent up there with everything that's going on? Because as DMAC said about Sean Payton, and I think it applies to Prime as well, it's such a new operation. These guys didn't know that it was muddy outside because they couldn't see it was raining. But all the fans knew. All the fans knew. All the fans are caked in mud from these years of terrible football. And Prime and staff and new players, they don't have any frame of reference because they weren't here for that. So for us who have been around the program, it's like, gosh, guys, like you might want to just chill. You might want to tone it down. Like might want to relax because this is CU. It has not been good here. You don't know what you've been dealing with. You're going to learn, though. But, uh, but there was a certain point in camp where you went, you know what? I'm glad that you weren't here for that, right? I'm glad that you don't have that frame of reference. You don't know any better. All you know is what you know, and that's winning. The prime effect has put Rick George in the spotlight. So much so, I'm listening to the radio broadcast. Gary Barnett was crying on the radio yesterday, by the way. Was he really? Yes. Alan Roach and Gary Barnett are like, get Mark Johnson. Mark Johnson. Was it Mark Johnson? Mark Johnson, yeah. I know they sound the same. Mark Johnson and Alan Roach, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're saying get Rick George after the game. And they're like, who wants to talk to the AD after the game? But that's the prime effect. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that now you, you're like, get anybody that's involved on the radio. Let's talk to them all. Amazing. Rick, I saw after the game last night, just looks at me and goes, what a, what a great game. What a great game. I said, unbelievable. Like it was, It was a moment where we were just, we knew that they would be good, but for them to come out and actually dominate offensively the way they did, I mean, 10 of 10, right? Standing ovation, five stars, as impressed as impressed can be. All right, we got to take a time out here. When we come back, let's dive into the Broncos 53-man roster. We got to hit Broncos here. We're going to take a quick pause in the buffs. I know, I know, I know. It's a shame. We're going to hit Broncos here because we haven't had a chance to react to the 53. By the way, this time next week, we're going to be gearing up for a full slate of NFL games. I cannot wait. We'll get back into the buffs. We're going to dive through the whole game and get into the entire shootout. But coming up on the other side, it's the 53-man roster. Did they make the right decisions? And how do we feel heading into this season for the Denver Broncos? That's next.